In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. I am so excited to bring you guys my conversation with Dr. Megan Bankston, Kansas Pelvic Health and Wellness member of the Rising Family. She has some awesome things to be talking to us about today. This was such a fun conversation to record. I know you guys are going to love getting to hear her and her perspective doing this in a more rural community, wondering if a cash-based business could work in her town, and really hearing through her career. I think one of the cool through lines is her pushing herself outside of her comfort zone, first clinically and then into starting a business. You guys are going to love hearing how she built up in only six months to a six-figure business. She's hiring. She's growing. Just so proud to work with her and of everything she's accomplished. I think it is going to resonate with a lot of you guys out there. So with no further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Megan Bankston. Guys, so excited to be here with Dr. Megan Bankston of Kansas Pelvic Health. Megan, thanks so much for being on. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. I promised you it'd be fun and you were wondering if it was going to be, but I promise you it will. Member of the Rising Family, Megan, would love to just hear a little bit about your backstory. How did you become interested in physical therapy, pelvic health? How do we get to where we are today? Yeah. So, you know, I have a kind of a common story like most PTs that had an injury, had surgery, experienced physical therapy, um, and thought, boy, this is kind of interesting. I actually thought at first I'd want to be a vet. And so I worked at a vet clinic for a little while and then saw sad things happen and couldn't do that. So, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So, but that was it. Like you realized you were going to be, I was like, I, I can't, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> Not putting animals down or anything. It's just, yes. okay. Saw gotcha. the poor dog with the little boy and the card written. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. So yeah, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare, had to have a couple knee surgeries. I was a swimmer, I was a competitive swimmer and had hurt my shoulder and gone through physical therapy and really just felt like that was what I wanted to do. And so going into college, I knew right away that that was the path that I wanted to take, which was awesome to be able to kind of know that and be pretty confident. So right away I was on that track and, you know, got my undergrad in kinesiology and exercise science, minor in psychology, and then applied for PT school. And I laugh now because it didn't even occur to me to apply anywhere else. I just assumed I'm going to go to Wichita State. That's our local college here. And lucky I got in. (laughs) So um, that's what what led me to getting into physical therapy. And I just ultimately love helping people. And I think that's why obviously a lot of us go into to physical therapy. 
I didn't know right away that I wanted to do women's health. In fact, when I was in PT school, we were offered like a small elective and I chose not to take it. I thought, oh no, that's not going to be me. I'm going to take radiology. (laughs) So I started my career in uh, rehab and I worked for about three and a half to four years working with stroke patients, that sort of thing. I really loved that. I thought that my first job was probably going to be it for me, but as things changed within that setting, I definitely was, I, I was ready to move on. I wanted to get into outpatient. I wasn't sure what that was going to look like for me. And so I had an opportunity to move to a different facility and start doing outpatient there, but it was also connected to kind of a rehab skilled clinic. And I was still seeing total hips, total knees, balance patients, that sort of thing. I knew I had a desire in my heart for something else. And I just didn't know what it was. And I finally was just, you know, like hands open to whatever and told myself, you need to be open to something new. And I happened to send a friend of mine that was a therapist to a women's health clinic here after she had twins. And she came back one day and said, I don't want anybody to leave this job, but they're hiring. (laughs) (laughs) And I had already been thinking that I either wanted to kind of look into women's health or pediatrics. Yeah, that's how it all began. And so I reached out and that's what led me to women's health. Oh, how interesting. What was it? Because I'm sure there's people who are listening that you resonate with that story. Why did you feel like you needed something new? What was it? Because it it seems like it could be a fun position. You're rehabbing people. They're getting better real fast. What was it that, that had you pushing for something different? I think that... And this has been like a trend from my, my jobs as I have progressed and they each were a stepping stone for me to get more confident in myself. And there was definitely something inside of me that wanted more out of my career. I loved what I was doing, but I knew I didn't necessarily like the typical like eight to five, kind of the the grind of feeling like you really weren't getting anywhere, the politics of productivity and just the ins and outs of everything. I knew that if that's how it was going to be for the rest of my career, I wasn't sure if I could stick with it. So that's when I knew, okay, I need to make a change. And for those that are in rehab setting or, and as you know, just there's a lot that of restrictions that go into things. And sometimes even though you're the therapist, you get overridden of if the patient should go home and it would just be very frustrating. So I wanted to kind of get out of that model, but being in the rehab setting and going back into outpatient was a bit scary, obviously, because, you know, you get good at one thing and then you have to switch gears. So was there something when you were dealing with those, that productivity stuff and, uh-huh. and some non-clinical decision-making, is there like one thing, can you remember something like that, that made your blood boil? Like, was there one thing that even now you're just like, oh, that was a moment when I realized like, I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. When I was, I was seeing the outpatient population where I was at and gosh, I feel like there were so many things, so many things that make my blood boil you know, just being basically burnt out and seeing as many people as you can and still kind of being told like, that's not good enough. You know, we're humans and things come up and people get sick and and it was like, okay, yeah, well, you're doing a good job, but you're so behind on paperwork or you're doing a good job, but we need higher reimbursement. Or I remember one time, and this is outside of patient care, but I went to a CEU and 
you know, it's like you go to CEU and you come back to work and you're just like thrown back in. And I said something to somebody higher up about that. And he's like, yeah, welcome to the world of PT. And I thought, no, 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 no. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just wanted like, to help yeah, people yeah. and not yeah. not have to put dogs down. Exactly. <laughs> Too much. Okay. So and it became those sorts of, yeah, those sorts of things that were happening got in the way of being able to just help people. Yeah. Cool. So really, the story of your career is, is trying to get that nonsense out of the way of helping people, basically, wow. like just getting back to that original vision. So you make the pivot, you say, I need something yeah. new, maybe this woman's health thing that I thought was so weird that I would yeah. rather take a radiology course. Yeah. By the way, back in don't think I didn't catch that part of the story <laughs> back in, in PT school. Yeah. Now you're saying, hey, that might be something that I want to do. What was your experience like? Well, first of all, this is actually an interesting point. So you clearly got that job as somebody who did yeah. not have women's health experience. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. So the clinic that I got hired on to did a great job of doing some kind of like fellowship internship. You got to work with the therapist for however long you really felt like you needed to for up to three months. And that clinic, we strictly would treat women, but we saw a lot of orthopedic things, you know, hips, backs, all the stuff. And they're definitely were strong on manual work and working through the spine. And so that was a nice refresher for me. And I had really great teachers there. That's where I fell in love with women's health, but we weren't doing a lot of internal work there. It was more external. So I was able to kind of really solidify some tools. I kind of did it backwards in a sense. I've got a lot of tools for if somebody were to come into the clinic and say like, hey, that's just not for me. I just really, I don't feel comfortable with that. Then I've got a lot of stuff from my original job that I learned of how to treat the pelvic floor. But I knew during that job that I wanted to know more. So I decided to invest in myself and take the Herman Wallace Public Floor One course. And when I took that course, my mind was just like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And that was like, honestly, a big pivotal moment where I thought, okay, there's something more for me. This desire has been put on my heart to do something more. I don't know what that is, but it's time for me to go and move on. And it makes me super, super uncomfortable. But every time I've been pushed out of my comfort zone, is obviously where you see the most growth happen <laughs> time and time again. So every time I get super nervous, like this podcast, <laughs> I know I'll learn from it. <laughs> Absolutely. So and did you have to pay for your own Herman Wallace course? I did on that one. Yeah. And honestly, that was like any therapist that is kind of fresh out of school or that I've talked to that seem a bit frustrated. That's something I've started to tell them is like, pick a course, don't care about what your company's going to pay, do it yourself and do it for you. Because I wish I would have done that so much sooner. You know, I was always hung up on, well, how much is my employer going to pay? And early on in my career, it was kind of like, well, I just need to get CEUs. So just sign me up for whatever. And they weren't even worth it. Yeah. So you're not, you're not, you don't have a plan for your CEUs. It's just kind of whatever's near. And then your employer loves that, right? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Just go to the one down the street, even if it's taught by some quack, right? Who's you know doing all that stuff. But I love hearing you say that. And I do think it's one of those things that's an interesting as an outside observer to the field, Mm -hmm. right? And I know this is a, an evolution for a lot of people, but you see people who are going to 
a $40,000, a $50,000 a year physical therapy school who are going an insane amount of debt, who are paying like $200,000 to go to physical therapy school. And then they get out. And then you guys are conditioned to be like $800 for a course that could change my entire trajectory of my career. No, that's way too much. That's crazy. Right. I can't do that on my own. I have to wait two years until I start getting like we had somebody I was talking to the other day who was going to wait to start their business for another year and a half because they were going to get an extra thousand dollars of con ed credit. Yeah. And I was like, how did we get so wrapped up? And like, who's paying for that? It's, you know, and I understand that that can be a financial burden. Like that's not nothing, but I think it's more the perception a lot of times like, oh, I'm not going to pay for that because my employer should be. And in yeah. reality, like that one $800 course unlocked an entire career change for you and led you to this moment where you are. I mean, that you can't get a better return on investment than what you spent. Absolutely. It's so true. I think back to that. And, you know, if I wouldn't have taken that course, like I'd probably still be sitting there like, okay, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I mean, and that's the thing is I was never, I never was bored with what I did, but it was almost like with my job, I, I love what I do. I was just bored with the, just the same thing over and over again. And boy, running your own practice, it is not boring. <laughs> yeah, well, jump ahead to that then, because that is, so you're working as a women's health therapist. Yep. You do yep. Herman and Wallace. Now you're going to be doing much more internal, diving in deeper into, no pun intended, into yep. the specialty. When yeah. does the idea that you're going to start your own practice start to trickle in? Okay, so if I back up and rewind a little bit, I have a family member that's a business owner. Well, I've had a couple of family members, but my my uncle is a business owner. And I remember right after I graduated from PT school, he was like, hey, Megan, you know, if you want to open up your own practice, I'd be willing to help you out. And I was like, oh, no, 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 nope, not doing that. And through my jobs through rehab, my husband would joke around, say things like, I think you should open up your own clinic. I'm like, yeah, right. What am I going to do with that? So then when I, you know, I got into women's health, I had taken that first Herman and Wallace course, and I knew that where I was at just wasn't going to be the right fit for me long term. And it, I was, I needed to find a different position. And I also was having some health things go on at the time. And so I just knew for my, my health that I needed to change the pace that I was working at. I decided again, like hands open, let's see what happens. I told my husband, I think I'm just going to have to quit this job. I might have to do home health or do rehab again for a little bit until something else opens up to get into women's health. And we were on vacation and a job popped up on Indeed of a new clinic, ortho clinic in town that was wanting to start women's health. And I thought, okay, well, I'll be the only one doing it. This is scary. Do I know enough? All of that. And I applied and interviewed and they graciously brought me on. And I, I really did love my job, which is funny because I left something I love to do this, but I, I started on there. I went through the rest of the Herman Wallace courses. I invested again in some other courses on my own. I invested in my own mentoring with Jessica Real, Southern Pelvic Health, her mentoring group. So I did that and grew that women's health pelvic health program there and was there for almost a year and a half or so. And it grew and it was very busy. But again, there was something inside of me that was just kind of like churning. And I, I met Roxy who owns good life physical therapy at the time she was at her wasn't didn't own her clinic. And her and I got to talking, we met at a course. <laughs> 
and we started dreaming. <laughs> so I was listening to your guys' podcast, obviously, for a long time and thought, wow, that's so cool. I just don't think that would ever be me. And then finally, I realized that what was being the desire that's been put on my heart was that I needed to do this on my own and that I, I needed to ultimately start my own clinic. And so I did. And I finally feel like that is basically what I've been led to do. And now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Megan. Well, I want to hear more about some of that story. But first, I want to go back because I feel like almost everybody we talk to has that same initial reaction that you had when your uncle mentioned it back when you were 24, probably, mm -hmm. right? Hey, Megan, I think you could do this thing. I'd be willing to help you. And you said, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Why? Do you remember what was in your mind when, like, why made that sound that so ridiculous? I think. It sounded so crazy because I knew nothing about business. I was just young. I I knew that the ins and outs of physical therapy with billing and insurance and all the things sounded terrible to me. I definitely know and feel confidently that where I'm at in my life right now is the right time that I'm supposed to be doing this because just for me personally with going with my kids and, and the way... Gosh, boy, we could like do two podcasts on this because I feel you really want me to go deep here. <laughs> but it just sounded like ugh, too much work. Didn't want to do it. Was fresh out of school. Just wanted to start working. I wanted a safe job that offered me PTO and all the things and 401k. And that stuff was <laughs> that's what I was more worried about. So I could go buy a new car or something like that. <laughs> okay. And then you go on and yeah. you're feeling burned out in what you're currently doing. And then your husband says, yeah. I feel like this is going to be like one of those parables, like your uncle says, and then your, your husband, husband says, says. <laughs> and then Roxy says, like, yes. we're going to jump <laughs> off this bridge together. But, you know, you're now then into your career, you know, you're really good at what you do, right? People are loving you and you're building stuff and you still weren't, it still wasn't on your radar of wanting to do that. In fact, it was like almost looking more for what, what's the next job I could do that might be more fulfilling. Right. Instead of letting that, was that still that same narrative? Like it's not safe. I want my PTO. I want my yeah. 401k. Honestly, yeah. The biggest thing was it's not safe. The fear component that definitely is something that has, and I think that's a trend for a lot of people. I mean, fear keeps us from so many things and we like safety, you know, it's like, something I talk to my therapist about all the time. But I think I just got to a point where I thought, okay, yeah, here I am in a job that I actually love everybody I'm working with. I really love the owners of this clinic. Why do I feel like I'm still just not, I'm not in the right spot. <laughs> and I had to have a real, a lot of prayer went into it. A lot of just talking with my husband, a lot of looking at what both directions would look like, because I did have an opportunity of maybe opening up a clinic with the other, with the clinic I was at before that was a, a women's health. I finally just, you know, again, the trend has been throughout my life, the easy choice, which would have been to stay in the safe position, like that's not what I need to do. <laughs> the hard choice, which makes me the most uncomfortable is typically the path that I'm supposed to be on. Oh, man. So, well, you're in the right place for that as we start talking about business because there's plenty yeah. of hard choices there. So you make the decision. Roxy gives you the nudge. Yeah. Between the two of you, you guys are like 
awesome friends. I love getting <laughs> to see you guys both at PelvicCon, but it was, um, who was the instigator there? Oh, that was totally her. So we we met at a Herman and Wallace course in Oklahoma. Actually, we had never met before. She's like, hey, I went to Wichita State. She's a few years behind me. So I didn't know her. So we chatted during the break time at Herman and Wallace, eating lunch outside on the curb. And when we came back, we still connected. And so we she lives about an hour from me. So she would come into Wichita and then we practice on each other what we learned at Herman and Wallace. And so we started chatting and then we took another course together at the same time. And so she'd come back into Wichita and we'd review everything together. And we we're just talking about our jobs. And, and she said, you know, yeah, I think I'm going to open up my own clinic. I said, are you really? And she's like, yeah, you know, I've been listening to Nicole and Jesse. <laughs> I said, well, I've always like think I wanted to do that, but I didn't think it was actually possible. And and so I think I just needed that nudge to see somebody else in, in the Kansas area do that. And then to just have support. I mean, I definitely have not done this on my own. Like there's no way I wouldn't would be able to do this without my husband and my all my family. Everybody in my family has some piece in this business. So I don't look at it as just mine. It's it's everybody's. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then why do you think it was powerful that you saw somebody else doing it in Kansas? What is it about being in Kansas? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, I mean, I love Kansas. And I, I not that we're like behind on things, but listening to the podcast, you know, definitely in other areas of the country, there's a lot of cash-based pelvic health clinics and uh, there's not here and you know Roxy's in even smaller towns than I am and not that that really mattered but I just thought like wow you're right like this really could be done and here in Kansas we had um there is a clinic that's been around for a while that's cash based ortho clinic and then there's um, a therapist that was in the PT class after me that has a ortho cash based clinic and I believe there's one other public health cash-based clinic that was here. But, you know, I thought, well, I could do this. <laughs> yeah, there's something about seeing it in your area, right? Where you're not yeah. a, you know, affluent coastal, right? Could yeah. this work? And I feel like everybody has some form of that question, whether it's kind of your form is like, oh, can this work in my community in mm -hmm. this area with this socioeconomic status? Or can it work when there's multiple other people that I'm competing with and it's in a big city and, and everybody has, I think, that hesitation of, will this work for me in my area? And it's kind of cool to just see that little nudge of like, yeah, it, it actually can in where we are here. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like my gut this whole time is like, oh, yeah, yes, this is going to be great. We need this. The community needs this. We don't have enough providers in my area to cover. And it's funny how your gut is like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then your head gets in there and starts playing games, you know, like, but will it? <laughs> right. Um, so, but it's funny because I was actually just talking to somebody that said, write down in a journal, like write down those feelings, you know, like I, I see, I see in a year to be able to expand even further from just the space that I have. And um, she said, you know, write all that stuff down. Obviously, like I'm huge of like praying about stuff. And she's like, it'll happen. And when we did our initial talks with you guys in the PT Rising group, when we did that initial where we shared the videos of the clinic and everything, I said on mine, it's just me for now. And hopefully maybe in six months, I'll be able to hire somebody. And here we are. Six months was last week and I'm bringing on admin and another PT next year. So 
Yeah, Megan, it's pretty exciting, right? Oh, man, I've been so excited to watch your growth with everything. What prompted you at that first to to pick up the phone and call us? Because you did it before the clinic doors even opened, if I remember right. Yeah. See, I keep answering with um. (laughs) So I had been listening to, obviously, the podcast. Roxy had mentioned that she had tried to get into the first rising group and, you know, was kind of on a wait list. I didn't think that it would even be a possibility to work with you guys because at the time you hadn't opened your second group and the timing of everything was just so perfect that you guys had announced you were going to, you, I think you did like a free little webinar thing that I'd listened to. And I was sitting at the kitchen table and Of course, at this point, I hadn't opened my doors yet. And we were just grinding at home, my husband helping me on everything he could. And I just looked at him and I said, I think I need to do this. I think I need to be part of this group. And he said, well, then do it. And to him, he didn't think, you know, here I was crunching the numbers. Can I afford it? That sort of thing. But again, it goes back to like investing in yourself. This is the best thing I ever could have done for myself. Oh, that's so awesome. And I mean, you didn't really have, you needed to be successful relatively quickly mm-hmm. too. You didn't have a yeah. huge long runway. You really yeah. didn't have time to, you know, I mean, you're smart, you're awesome, you're charismatic, like you would have been successful no matter what, but you yeah. really didn't have that time. I like how you put that, right? If when you're on your own and you don't really know where it's going, it feels like grinding. Yeah. Like I'm grinding because I just don't, I don't have the easy path. It feels like it's like the difference between hiking cross country and down a nice trail. It's like, Yes. One of those is like a lot more fun than the other, right? Yeah. Um, and so yeah. It, it's awesome to hear. So how did the opening day go? Tell me what happened when the doors opened. We opened, I started seeing patients on June 6th. And I, I'm trying to remember if it was the week before or that week. I think it was the week before I, I had a list of referrals that were already faxed to me. And I sat down and started calling them, which definitely put me outside of my comfort zone because I'm typically used to having somebody, you know, at the front desk and calling. And so I had to get over that. But quickly, I actually ended up liking it because I enjoy talking to people. And right away, you know, I almost feel like you're my, we're going to be friends before I even see you. So I did all those calls and I started to get people on the schedule. I thought to myself, okay, well, if I see five people the first week, that would be fantastic. That'll give me time to go market and do all the things. And my schedule filled up very, very fast. And I didn't have time to do any of that, which is such a blessing. But it definitely was a challenge because I was still trying to get my handle on everything, my EMR and how do I take payment and how do I all the things. So yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better start. I work with very closely with a functional medicine clinic here in town and they're a big referral source to me and I love working with those patients. And so I, you know, they had already said, when can we start sending you people? So I had them lined up to go and, and it took off and it has continued to do that. Yeah, Megan. Well, it took off because of all of the hard work you put in. And that, that is a really, I love that is a really interesting point though. And sometimes it's one of the harder things about as we coach you guys, frankly, we always talk about we're not eliminating problems. We're just getting better and better problems. And I love that when you started and there were people lined up outside your door, that's obviously exactly what we were hoping for. It's why you put in all the work prior to launching and all of that stuff. But 
that also does create a problem is you have you have to learn the stuff faster. You don't have that like slow burn growth where you can get comfortable charging somebody's credit card and charting on your EMR and all of that stuff. All of a sudden you've got four or five people in back to back to back. You better be quick with that swipe in that credit card thing. One thing from your story that I feel like is really interesting because I feel like a lot of business owners in our space don't love this part, but you said you grew to really like the phone conversation aspect of it. I know for myself, like that was intimidating when you first do it. For almost all of you guys, it really is. Was there a mindset shift or how did you go from, oh my gosh, I've got to pick up the phone and basically cold call this person yeah, and be like, hey, I'm Dr. Megan, your doctor faxed this over. You don't know me, but I'm going to be putting on a glove and things are going to be yeah. happening soon, yeah. right? How do you go from like, that's an awkward thing to actually really enjoying it and starting to be comfortable and settling in? Because that's a huge part of, I'm sure, your success. Yeah. When I initially started calling people, I definitely didn't do it right from the beginning. You know, obviously I was new at it and I was stumbling over. I don't take insurance. Is that okay? All the things you guys tell us not to say. I I, I did it a couple of times. I was like, wait, that's not right. But I finally kind of got my footing and all it took was a couple of people say, okay, yeah, let's get on the schedule. And I quickly thought, okay, I can do this. And I know, I know that I can treat well and I know that I can get these people better. I've got to get, you know, I needed more confidence on, on the phone and I did. And now I'm actually sad that I love to call people when I get a fax or if they email me or just call and leave a message and just get to know like what's going on because it takes a lot for people to reach out. I mean, it's one thing when you get a referral from the doctor. It's another for people to email me that say things like, I've not even talked to my doctor about this, but I'm tired of it. And I know that that takes a lot of courage and to just be somebody on the other end of the phone to listen to them and even if they don't book with me, that I can give them some sort of hope that and give them, you know, names of somebody else. And often if that happens, which I will say so far has been very rarely, I then have a hard time because I'm kind of picky about then I say, okay, well, let me see, you know, because based off of what they have told me, or I can just pick up their personality of who I would say to go see if they're not going to come see me. But we've all been there. We know how uncomfortable it is to go into appointments that we don't know what's going to happen. So if I can ease that just a bit and it's not the standard, okay, here's your appointment time. Come on in. Then I love that. I could talk to people on the phone about it all day long. (laughs) Yeah, that is such a great lesson, Megan. I want to pull out from there. I mean, A, just the empathy. Yeah. That realizing how much courage you know, how much somebody has to be frustrated or suffering in order to have the courage to pick up the phone to call you. Yeah. Like, I think that is a huge mindset shift when it's, it's more about them. All of a sudden the phone call becomes easier. It's not about you and saying the perfect thing. And how do I convince this person? You know, we get that question. How do I convince somebody to come to a cash practice? It's like, we're not convincing them. We're just talking to them as if they were a friend, a family member, and laying out their options for them. There's no convincing. It's not a sales tactic. This isn't like a used car dealership. But the moment we can get out of our own head, and I think you do this so naturally, I think a lot of us struggle, myself included, getting there. But the moment you get out of your own head and your own desires for that conversation, and you're really listening to them and caring about them and giving a shit, 
even if they're not coming to see you, like success yeah. for you in a conversation isn't do they book or do they not book? Right. It's, hey, did I make a connection? Did I help them? Did I give them hope? Do they know they're on the right track? And then, by the way, all of a sudden they sense that and it improves your conversion. Absolutely. You know, like you said, even if they don't book, I want them to be able to know if things don't get better, I'm still here. Hey, that she cared because I really do. I mean, I wish I could see everybody sometimes. And you guys will probably tell me this is not good on boundaries, but often somebody will call, you know, and, and I'll say I'm booked out. I, I just don't have any space and what, tell me what's going on. And, and it is something that's a little bit more acute. And, you know, I will, if there was an hour that I was going to keep open just to squeeze paperwork in, I'm <laughs> put them on. So, but I, yeah, it's ultimately just about being able to help people. I love what I get to do. I love meeting new people. I love talking to them about this stuff and yeah, just providing hope and empathy. And because there is a shift, we all see it with women's health and people just realizing that things aren't normal. Yeah. I love it. And you are a big part of that in your area. I mean, just being a part of that shift and people realizing that they don't have to live with these symptoms anymore. I will just say, Megan, it has been so much fun working with you and so proud of how far and how fast you've come going from literally not being open to a six figure business in six months and hiring front desk, hiring PT. Like I cannot wait to see where your business takes off and goes to from here. So it has been awesome seeing you. The last question I want to just ask is, what's, I can hear the passion in your voice, but what is it like now being a business owner? Like how has that changed? How are things different in your life now? Yeah. Well, they're a bit crazy right now. (laughs) I've definitely learned a lot more about myself as far as not necessarily the best things. Like I thought I had undone my perfectionist tendencies and my control and all that. And those things start to trickle back in, but it feels great. I love what we built and I'm excited for the future. And I, it's a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the best way to phrase it. Well, Megan, thank you so much for being on. I'm going to make sure you guys, if you want to reach out and connect with Megan, if you're in the Kansas area and might be looking for an awesome boss, uh, I'm just going to drop that little plug right there, but all of Megan's details are going to be in our show notes, but it's Kansas Public Health and Wellness. Megan, thank you so much for being on. It's been awesome talking with you. Thank you so much. This is great. Wow, what a great conversation with Megan. I am so glad that you guys are going to get to hear her and just for her for coming on, for sharing her perspective and just being so open and honest about her journey as she kind of went from I love that transition from no, 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 that could never be me. I need something safe. I need something regular. I need structure to being able to do and build something for herself. And I think it was really interesting hearing her talk about pushing herself outside the comfort zone. And a lot of times the easy choice wasn't the right choice, at least for her. So I hope that was inspiring for you guys. You can always check out Megan. She'll be in the show notes, but she is at Kansas Pelvic Health and Wellness. If you guys want to reach out, get in touch with her, hear more about her story, and then obviously feel free to reach out if you have questions for us. Um, If it's something you're passionate about, if it's something you are making that transition from, no, 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 that is never going to be me, to I think this is something that I might want to do. 
feel free to reach out. You can find our information at publicptrising.com slash business. We've got resources for you guys at every stage along that. And we really want you to make that same transition that Megan has had from wondering if this thing is going to work to being confident that it's going to work to building and growing for the future. Really excited to see how she's been doing. And if you guys have any questions or need any help, please reach out and let us know. So as always, we want to keep this conversation going and let's continue to rise.